Let's continue to talk commodities. Let's bring in Phil Striebel, the chief market strategist at Blue Line Futures. He's joining us this morning. Phil, good morning. Thanks for uh, uh, helping us start the show off and uh, take a look at commodities. I wanted to begin with China, the easing of the zero COVID policies. Many expected this to give the market a shot in the arm. Indices and energies we thought could rally off this. Uh, it has yet to, though. Yeah, if you look at the energies, you know, it's it's interesting because crude oil is at one of the lowest levels since last January. And you wouldn't think that, uh, especially with China easing those COVID restrictions. Now, last time crude oil had, if, if you rewind about a year, it fell $10 on them announcing that they had a new COVID strand. Now we fall $10 after they announced that they're starting to ease. So it really tells you that there's those global growth demand fears. Also, I don't think that those Russian oil caps are doing the job, the, the intended job, because Russia already came out and said that any country that that adopts the those price caps will just be shut off. They'll just stop exporting them altogether. So that's a tricky situation that they're dealing with here. I think a lot of that crude oil is flowing out of Russia into Asian countries um, and filling some of those demand cracks here. So crude oil prices, you know, I like it back below. If we get a dip below $70, I think that is a strong buy, especially going into next year. If we do get some kind of economic recovery and we pull out uh, more of a soft landing and out of the recession. We know some of those flows have made it out to India. We've also been hearing about tankers which have been piling up off uh, uh, outside of Turkey uh, as they uh, deal with some of those uh, EU uh, sanctions ultimately. Phil, talk to me because I'm wondering, uh, maybe it's also just kind of market uh, participants, traders, investors coming to grips with the fact that even though we do get these COVID policies easing and lifting, it's not necessarily the flip of a switch, right? I mean, you've got, for one, do people want to come out? I mean, yes, they've been uh, restricted, but there's still fear about the, the, the virus ultimately out there. And uh, I mean, even here in the U.S., it took a little while. We're still in kind of the reopening process, one could argue. Yeah, even over Thanksgiving, I saw a lot of people still wearing like masks and very concerned about things. And I think that that's going to continue through the holiday season here up until the end of the year. So you are seeing the 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 retail investor and the public kind of pull back on a lot of things. And it also reflects in like retail sales are saying that it's going to be a lot weaker. That shows that people are just not only those savings rates coming down, but people are just not going out and spending mm -hmm. as much. I think they got that out of their system. So you're going to see demand for a lot of different products across the board come down. Something else on oil, yesterday those APIs did show a build in some of the products, so like gasoline, heating oil, uh, those distillates. So that also eases some of that, uh, some of that supply concern uh, with the crude oil market. We also saw, uh, what was it, a draw it looked like down 6.4 million barrels for the crude products. That was almost uh, a double what they were looking for. Consensus was for a draw of about 3.8 prior down 7.8. I'm going to be looking at that EIA number today because it was a huge draw. If I remember last week down around 12 or uh, a double digit draw last week, I remember. Talk to us a little bit about copper in China. That was my uh, uh, chart of the day. I was taking a look at how copper has actually been rallying, kind of shrugging off some of the weakness we've seen in the indices over the last couple of days. What are you watching there? Yeah, copper is, and you mentioned this, it's one of my favorite metals. If, I'm, if I feel like I'm extensively long kind of products that revolve around the global economy, you know, U.S. equities, I'm long silver, things like that. I will use copper as my proxy on the short side. CME launched a great micro copper contract that, that fits well with a lot of people's portfolios uh, because of its smaller size. So if, if you are seeing that weakness, 
you know, copper prices, copper could be an easy short. And the, conversely, if we start to see, you know, the equity market start to recover again, we can get some sustained move through that 200-day moving average. You can see copper demand pick up. That breakout, that $4 you're talking to, that's another great product. You could play it both ways. So copper, I think that it is seeing that the dollar index has come off quite a bit. We're down again here today on the dollar, uh, dipping below the 200-day moving average. And then we did see those bond yields, the 30-year, the 10-years, they have come off quite a bit. So it, it's trying to give a little bit of life. And I can tell you that the, the building around here and, and building just domestically, as far as new houses, they are building that inventory out and it'll be sitting there, that demand, for when those treasury yields come off and, and you know, uh, lending rates start to come off again, you'll see a small spike up in that housing market. We'll get a look at uh, Toll Brothers results in just a couple minutes here, but uh, uh, can we just pull this chart for a second because I wanted to bring to our viewers' attention, uh, Phil, you mentioned the $4 level to keep an eye on. It does look like that was a key area where we found some support throughout 2021 into the beginning of this year. We retested that low in May and then eventually broke through it in June. So as we approach that, oftentimes we look for those prior areas of support to uh, possibly bring some current resistance. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing here in terms of gold, Phil. Uh, uh, it got ran up huge with that dollar coming off, but it seems to have pulled back. The bulls, uh, again, were cheering that one on into what was it, 1820 uh, last week recently, but uh, it seemed like it lost some of the momentum to the upside here, even with the dollar kind of hanging out this lower 105 level you mentioned at the 200-day moving average. I can tell you on, on gold and silver, when it was breaking out to the upside and it was really accelerating, phones were ringing off the hook with Big people time. wanting to wanting to buy it, and um, you know, no physical out whatsoever. Well, since then we saw we saw prices come off, just just naturally come off. It, it seems to have exhausted itself on the rally. And then yesterday, when you saw you know the dollar going down, you seen commodities across the board weakening, mm -hmm. and U.S. equities those real recession fears start sure. to come in, and that's why gold is holding a bit more supportive. The gold silver ratio is still around 79, so they're still attacking silver a bit more. You're seeing silver up 23 cents today. Gold's only up uh, uh, $5.60. So that ratio is continuing to uh, break down here and, and diverge. Uh, we did see a quick little dip on platinum down to 9.85. Now it's back over that $1,000 area. So precious metals, people are loving them right now. And seasonally precious metals do rally into the first part of the year. Silver tends to peak right around February and then it declines all the way to June. Phil, talk to us about grains. Uh, what are you seeing? Wheat's been coming off. Uh, uh, seems to be some demand concerns tied uh, to some of the selling we're seeing there, but it's not just wheat. Also corn looks like down five days in a row, six days in a row now, uh, it, it looks like. Uh, beans, not so much so, but definitely uh, we're seeing it in, in terms of ZW and the ZC contract. So the way that we're playing it, that corn market looks terrible. It broke through that support level. Same thing with wheat. I reduced a lot of those ex exposure there. Soybeans, we've got a lot of call spreads on. We're going out to March. There's a seasonal. We did the 15, 16 call spread. Okay. The one to watch is there was a big unwind on the bean soybean oil 
breaking down really got slammed. That was on those uh, those revised EPA numbers. And then also you're seeing soy meal take off to the upside. A lot of dryness down in Argentina right now. A lot of concerns about that weather. Soy meal breaking out and almost went living up yesterday. It's up here again today. Okay, we're looking here at the futures, the beans right now in a bit of a range, uh, talking 15 down to the 13 area. But yeah, grain's definitely on the move here and uh, uh, lots to keep an eye on. Phil, lastly, as we head into the end of the week, it seems like not a ton in terms of data, but the focus here now with all this concern about uh, global economy and things still being pretty strong here in the U.S. in terms of the ISM, the jobs we recently saw, it seems like PPI is going to be uh, the major focal point over the next couple of days here as we head into the end of the week. I think, Ben, I think you could take the rest of the week off and, and rest <laughs> up for next week when that okay. FOMC and that CPI, okay. you better, I'm going to have to get a, a five-point harness for this seat when with that data coming out next week. So all eyes on that. All right, chin straps, helmets, uh, chin straps required. Keep your hands inside the vehicle. And uh, to your point, I think it, it is a good one. We'll get some rest in between now and then because it could be a wild ride next week. Phil Striebel, appreciate you joining us. Chief Market Strategist at Blue Line Future.